All right. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. Welcome back to another exciting episode on Solving the People Puzzle, where I, your host, Franjit Abet, have insightful conversations with industry leaders, usually around people. And um, today I have a special episode for you because I recently bumped into a dear friend of mine who is now in the HR tech space, um, Mental Health, uh, Panda, the organization's name. Mandy, Mandy, welcome to the episode. Great to have you back. You've been here before. It's awesome to have you back. Thank you so much for having me back. Good to see you again. It is good to see you. How are things going at Panda? Good, thank you. Uh, But you know the world of tech and early stage business. I think every single day is measurable, fast. So just trying to keep up with the pace. Absolutely. Uh, You know, I was so excited to bump into you because uh, you don't traditionally come from a tech startup uh, background. You didn't used to be in the HR environment. You actually come from you know, the world of finance. And then I bumped into you, shared more about Panda with me. I got so excited because, you know, it's, I can probably count on my one hand, maybe three or four fingers, uh, HR tech businesses in South Africa trying to, to build and trying to grow and trying to make an impact. So, you know, Whamley, Panda and, and a few others. And as we got speaking informally, I just realized that we're going through the similar things, trying to figure out the same problems, trying to understand the market. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to grab you back on the episode, on the pod, and, and have a conversation, an informal conversation with you so that if you're in the audience right now and you're an entrepreneur and you're trying a startup in the tech environment in South Africa, you might listen to this episode and go, yes, that's exactly what I'm also struggling with or what I'm dealing with. Or you might hear something that Mandy and I are saying that could add value to where you are in your journey now. So, Mans, let's let's jump straight in. Where did and where and why and how did Panda start? Like, what was what was your your reason for being? Such a good question. So, the two original co-founders are Alan Sweden and Alon Litz. Um, Alan is a clinical psychologist by profession, but he actually built the Akeso Hospital Group in South Africa, which is the mental health and psychiatric hospital group. He sold that to Netcare in 2018 and worked for Netcare, I think, for a period of just under two years. And then Alon Litz was actually the first employee for Uber in Africa, joined the business when it was actually a really small business. So if you've watched the Super Pumped episodes i think he will tell you it's a bit dramatized but yeah he was in i guess that first 200 employees cohort globally um but really grew the business on the continent he was a director for sub-saharan africa um and then i joined them right in the beginning as well and the mission was really to democratize access to mental health care and specifically early intervention mental health care so if you okay. speak to alan he'll tell you you know from his time at a care so that people are often not admitted because they've had these major traumas in their life. It's actually that they, everyday people like you and me who are struggling with everyday things that have just accumulated into too much. And Mm. that mental health is a very, very lonely journey. And so when we started out, we really said, you know, how do we get people thinking about their mental health the same way they do their physical health Mm. and essentially Mm. getting proactive? I love that. The reason I love it is because it's, it's simple, but it is a problem. And yeah. if you look at it from a solutions perspective, we have these traditional EAP programs. We have these wellness days where we go on a bike ride or we go and do paintball. But mental health is an everyday thing for everyday people that one doesn't get spoken about and they aren't really practical, personalized tools around to help you 
deal with this on an individual group and organizational level. Similarly, in our environment, uh, you know, Whamley is not this groundbreaking AI out of this world, Web3, crypto, we're going to the moon solution. But there was a very clear problem. And the problem is people and organi organizations make the wrong hiring decisions around their people. And the hiring process has many steps in it. And in every one of those steps, problems and mistakes are made. And one of those steps in the process is interviews. And from a logistics admin perspective, from a uh, bias, subjectivity, the panel sitting in front of the candidate, uh, within the first five minutes, you, you realize that this candidate does not look like their CV, but now you can't ask him to leave because that's rude. You know, so there was this real problem around how do we save time? How do we save money? And how do we make better hiring decisions? And in both our instances, there was an opportunity to launch tech. So am yeah. I correct in saying it is a tech business? Is it a, it's a SaaS model? You are correct in saying it's a tech business, very much so. So we've quite deliberately, I think, veered away from going into the kind of traditional one-on-one -on -one care provider space. Mm. Um, it's very important care at specific moments of distress, but there actually aren't enough clinical psychologists in the entire world to solve the current mental health crisis, right? Sure. So you need to think about things differently. You need to think about how do we use technology? How do we use community to open up access? And really scale care, right? Because that's important, scalability. 100%. Scale is everything. And so if you think back to the first year, and we're going to make this really practical, <laughs> what, 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 because we're in the same role or used to, you, you have a dual role, I now have a dual role, but, but the revenue side of things is, is, has been a big, a, a big focus for both of us. What has been on, on a revenue perspective, but also just generally, if you think back to that first year, year and a half, where you guys have been some of the, the biggest challenges that, that you have been facing? Yeah, good question and multi-layered and multifaceted, yes, right? Yes. I think take your time, back it out. No, no, no. I think the first thing, you know, is from from a company perspective, when you're in an, in an early stage, you're always going to be strapped for capacity, right? And so the faster you learn what your ICP is, you know, your ideal client profile, and the more laser focused you get, the better. Because you can go down a lot of rabbit holes. You can feel very busy chasing down all these leads. But, yes. you know, if you don't understand, like, who your real buyer is, because, you know, for us, I think we're even more niche than you are. Um, mm. You know, you actually, you, you really need to understand who you're chasing. Otherwise, you're going to be busy doing a whole lot of nothing, right? So right. I think, you know, that's that's number one, and that's applicable for absolutely any any startup, right? Is laser focus and picking your vertical and running towards it in the early days because your biggest constraint or well, two is time and money, right? Yeah. Um, then from- Can I, I, think, can I just yeah, come in there? Perfect. I'm gonna to respond to each one of the things you're saying. So yeah. what's been really interesting for us is we had an assumption around our ICP that turned out to be quite different to what the assumption was. So if you're listening and you're an entrepreneur and you're starting a business or you're struggling with this exact part of the conversation in your space, um, have an assumption or at least in a hypothesis, go and test it and then fail really fast. I think, yeah. you know, the majority of the books we read uh, will tell you this, um, fail fast and then pivot uh, or at least adjust or persevere if you're right. But for us, it was the SME Every single business in South Africa, they're going to give us their credit card. You know, they're mm -hmm. going to sign up and down. Pure SaaS, 
Whammy is going to be so easy to use. They're never going to want to speak to us and they would just be able to, to hire someone um, so much more efficient and faster than, than, than the traditional way. And then what happened was is we realized that, that is, this is not happening. And in fact, the, the big corporates, the, the big multinationals, um, uh, they are in fact our ICP. And then when I started diving into the why, it, it actually then became obvious. If you're a very, very small business, every single hire you make, it like affects you personally, one, because it's still in the beginning, your baby, like you're very emotionally attached. And two, the stakes are so high. So I cannot get this decision wrong because this person cannot hide in my business. The stakes are too yeah. high. And so to introduce technology, to take a big part away, even though there's still value in it, was just a perceived hurdle or a challenge for these small business owners. Whereas with the corporate landscape for us, there is an HR department, there are already other pieces of technology involved. The line managers know what success looks like. It's not the first time they are hiring a sales rep or a call center agent or a graduate or whatever level they're using Whamley on. And so what success looks or good looks like to predict success was established. So th that's just a, a comment from my side around the ICP. No, it's a very good point. And fail fast is important, right? I think it's the complete opposite to the advice you sometimes give on other things that like perseverance and keep chipping away, like you're so close or you feel like, oh, I've done like 95% of the work on this. And like, yeah. it's just 5% more, let me finish this, you know, and that may not even be from a sales perspective, it's from something in your product, right? That's happened to us it's happened to us, right? We've done so much work on this feature and we believed yes. in the beginning that yes. it was so critical. And then like, we've had to look back and say like, regardless of the hours sunk into it, if we carry on down this path, it's going to be multiple more hours. It's going to confuse the value prop more. And like, you have to like, you know, be quite cold about like just cutting something that's Stop. not working. Yeah. I think that actually leads into another point, like on a, on a challenge has been, I think you realize that like sales is much more than just the seller, right? You can mm. have the best salesperson if your product hasn't caught up with it or your customer success isn't tight enough to retain that revenue. Like sales oh, yes. is a nightmare. Um, the same, your marketing, there's so many things that need to grow together and are actually equally important. I think sometimes people are like, it's all about the salesperson. Um, and obviously they do play a very critical role, but it's all about the ecosystem, right? Are you tired of wasting countless hours screening through CVs and hosting in-person interviews with candidates you probably never hire? If your answer is yes, we are here to help. Our award-winning one-way video interview platform will streamline your entire hiring process and save you up to 70% of your traditional hiring hours. With our platform, you can send your candidates an interview link and let them answer a set of customized questions that you set up in their own convenient time. What does this mean for you? No more wasting valuable office hours or being fooled by CVs that don't match the real candidates behind them. If you would like to know more, visit whamley.io to book a free demo today and see the difference for yourself. That's w-a-m-l-y.io. Say goodbye to wasting time and money and hello to making better hires. Yeah, I, I wanna again share a story. So. In the beginning days of Whamley, it was all around sales and just bring in the logos, bring in the logos, bring in the logos. There wasn't, you know, there was nothing around customer success, onboarding, implementation, checking in, proving ROI, because we, again, assumption, believe that the product will do just all of it. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and, and so your, your S&M spent and the attention that you put on that, to your point around the ecosystem, should, should equally be growing while the product is growing. And the moment, and this will not happen in the beginning, but the moment the churn starts happening and you know, we're over the honeymoon phase, we've realized that we need data to help us understand the why. Um, because churn is, I mean, churn is horrible in a SaaS business. It will, it, you know, from an emotional perspective, you know, yeah. so much energy and time goes into that sales cycle. And then, you know, you just hear, whoops, there they go. And so to, to understand how important both those spectrums are, until the product can reach a point where it goes viral by itself, yeah. then, I mean, have you ever seen anybody from OpenAI and ChatGPT? Yeah, exactly. Right. Like the UI is horrible. I've yeah. never seen a single ad. No one is speaking to us, but the product is so, is so strong. It's so viral that, you know, it's doing all of that for you. Uh, I, I recently listened to a podcast where they said that if you believe SaaS has got no custom success, you're not in SaaS. Yeah. hundred percent. You know, you think about it as, oh, plug and play, right? It's so scalable, but life's just about people at the end. It always comes Correct. back to, you can have AI, you can have all these fancy things. But people have to sign off on this deal, whatever the product is, and people deal with people, right? They don't deal mm. with AR. And yes, mm. hopefully mm. both of our products will one day be the chat GPT, I think, of our respective industries, and they'll be so good. But yeah, at the end of the day, it's still about relationships and customer success is probably one of the most critical functions, right? Because Correct. the most important revenue is actually the revenue you already have. So like you said, that churn, is, uh, that churn is very painful. It is. Third challenge? Third challenge would actually just be, I guess, if you look at the South African market, like in some ways we're super resilient, but in other ways I think we don't give each other kind of permission to fail. And I think it's true, like wow. personally as well, like there's all this pressure to have this perfect career trajectory. You know, I even remember like the hardest part about leaving investment banking was everyone's shocked that I was leaving investment banking. Like, why are you doing this? It's a perfect job, you know, and then all the pressure that puts on you around what you're going to do next. Um, mm. But even in a business context, like it took us a lot of, I don't know what it was, like hard work, luck, and coming across the right people in the industry who were willing to be those first movers, right? So you know your current solution doesn't work, but like I don't know what it is, like that fear of failure or you know the little bit of upside that maybe you sometimes see. You know, we're both in the HR space, and I think HR – just often get a lot of flack, right? They're seen as a support yep. center, cost center, all these things. But they actually, I think, especially in the work, you know, work world of the future, they're going to play such a critical role. And you need to empower them. You need to give them a seat at the table. So it's it, it was a bit of a mixture, I think, of that. What we came across, like people being too scared to do that first move, like pull out what you know doesn't work, but like no one's complained, you know, yes. to try something new. But yeah, then we've gotten lucky, I guess, with some some companies in every industry, you know, like Mazars in the accounting industry, the Johannesburg Stock Exchange, the um, ENS will be our first big law firm kind of that's gone live, Amazing. you know, and, and they can then set the pace, you know, but you need those first mover advantages. You need to em empower people to innovate. So yeah. I think that's mm. a big thing. I think, yeah, maybe a book I actually read a couple of years ago is called Startup Nation. I don't know if you've read it, but no, I've not. It's, uh, if, well, if anyone's listening, I guess, you know, that it's about the Israeli VC economy and there are tons of intellectual takeaways. But the biggest takeaway I actually took was that 
why why does this economy thrive like that you know from a vc perspective a startup some of the best startups in the world come from israel the tiniest you know it's tinier than the kruger park um but they've really just given each other permission to fail if you wow. come to a dinner and you talk about this business of yours that just blew up you know like it's uh it's not this thing of failure you actually seen as being uncool if you haven't yeah. you, tried. you you celebrate it because you failed because you tried yeah. you tried right I want to make three comments on, 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 on this challenge that you're saying. So firstly, the movers, those early adopters. I, I remember so clearly, Desiree, if you're listening, thank you so much. Okay. Uh, Desiree from Momentum was, was the first person to listen to me. And, um, you know, it, it Whamley didn't even, well, it, back then it, it had another name, but the, the product didn't even really work perfectly across all devices. And, you know, she, she gave it a shot. She believed in me and in us and our vision. Um, but that, as you rightfully said, set a trend. So that's yeah. the one thing. We, we, we unfortunately need that. And you need to, as, a, as an entrepreneur, you're listening to this, you need to go and find, and you'll typically find that in relationships or in good referrals where there's trust. So go and follow that in the beginning. But then secondly, um, to your comments, it's so sad when I look at the landscape, Manny, I drive on the N1, which I'm looking at right now, and I see all of these logos. And I know that every single one of these people has got a problem that Whamley can solve a part of. I, I know it. You know, we're not a concept anymore. There yeah. are hundreds of organizations using it. And similar in your environment, mental health is not an unknown problem anymore. It's, it's especially post the pandemic. It's a, it's, it's a topic that's just gaining more and more momentum. And then I get frustrated because I can't access these people. And I don't know if it's similar with you, but, but, Getting in front of the decision maker, especially in the corporate South Africa, has proven to be a really difficult thing. I was sitting um, at, a, at a huge financial services uh, industry recently in an interview, and the individual in front of me asked, like, why don't you have other logos in the similar industry? And, I, and my answer was so simple. I said, it's because I, I can't get a meeting. Yeah. But I know if I can sit in front of you, not as a salesperson, I'm an industrial psychologist, I'm an expert, I absolutely passionately believe in our product. I know that I'd, at least you're going to have a nice conversation with me. It's going to be a fruitful, productive conversation around the world of hiring. And that's been quite frustrating is getting in front of these people. Yeah, such a good point. A shared challenge often, you know, you can, you've got to build some resilience yourself in when you're doing sales, right? Because it sometimes takes eight, nine, 10 kind of outreaches to someone to try get a meeting. I think outside of like the individual that you are trying to get to, it's funny, like in big kind of corporate essay, like for our offering, you can often only get in through an RFP process, right? Yeah. Which yeah. is actually an early stage business's nightmare, right? Because it's just such a long sales cycle um that you don't have all the testimonials you don't have a hundred logos on the website and worse than that they are often actually score you to have more points the longer you've been in business right which is the complete oh, wow. opposite of what you would think in the sense that you know big businesses whatever they are they struggle to innovate right we've seen it time and time again mm. it's not the you know they you know like a digital 
mental health offering, for example, wouldn't be the core of another traditional business, right? They tried internally, it doesn't work. So you almost set up the system for the innovators to fail, right? And that sure. is fundamentally broken. Mm -hmm. um, so that's definitely something that needs to be relooked, right? Big business in South Africa also have a role to play in our entrepreneurial economy. And if we're going to grow as a, as a, I guess, as a, as a country, right? And if we're going to create the jobs that we need, like you need to support these innovators in your economy because the J curve jobs are going to come from them. They're going to come from companies like yours and ours where, you know, it's not only a South African play. I think all our talent is coming from South Africa, but we can actually go launch internationally right and think about the jobs we can create locally from that but often to go internationally you have to have a good local story to tell right which means you yes. need to get into those big companies yes. and show that you can do it it's such a dichotomy we we want to all of us the entire country wants to create jobs we want the economy to thrive and we need everybody to play together and allow south african entrepreneurs who who try and, and contribute to this and allow them in the door. Um, Mans, we, we can go on about this for, for the entire day. I, I don't want the audience to feel like this was a, a, a moaning session. Wasn't that at all. It was a, here are three things that we recognize you might be going through as well. We could potentially circle back, Mandy, and do an episode on, okay, what are we doing about it? Uh, this was the awareness part of it, uh, and, then, and then maybe we can unpack some, some learnings. I think maybe we can both leave the audience with one or two points to, to ponder around what to do. I think firstly for us, it was to, to not give up. Um, and, and, and it's not referring to the fail fast part, but rather not to become despondent if the strategy that you hoped or thought or absolutely believed will work does not work. I think uh, our, our marketing manager spent hours and hours, you know, writing a, a daily mailer that, that at some point, a couple of weeks in, we were like, nope, we're not reaching the subscribers we wanted to cut. And it was this whole brand in itself within the Whamley family and we just cut it. Like that's one example. But learn from it. There's a reason why it's not working figure it out and then go and find something that does get you closer. And uh, so that would be the one thing from my end. And I think the other is create those small little victories and success stories, and then use social media on the platforms that you've got available to actually get that message out there. Um, there's a, there's a reason why at Whamley, we, we really go to great. Um, uh, now I'm going to be that guy wanting to say something again. Great lengths. Yes. There's a reason why at Whamley we go to great lengths to, to spend a lot of time and energy on, on the platforms available because we want to get the story out. We want to create that awareness. We want to create um, that excitement and that storytelling around us. No, those are good key takeaways. Yeah. I think if I left anyone with anything, again, is like if you are in an early stage business, just be customer obsessed. Um, yes. You need to retain that initial revenue. It's the most important revenue that you have. Yes. And then I think another thing that we haven't really touched on is, is well, you actually touched on it. You know, you said every person you bring into the business is so important. And that's mm. very true as well. So you need to hire really, really well, actually test someone's skills. And I always say, you know, 
more than in any other kind of company you'll find yourself in. In a startup, you have to be at minimum a two-step thinker, but uh, hopefully a couple-step <laughs> thinker. You know, you always need to be thinking like, if I do this, what are the next two things I'm going to do? Because that's the pace that you that you kind of always need to keep yeah. up with. Yeah. Absolutely. Someone once told me in the startup environment, hire very slow and fire fast. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, be cautious exactly. and careful. And then like, and I mean, I'll, I'll be the first to admit that, you know, that's not that easy to do, but I think it's something yeah. to aspire to. Yeah. Mandy, thank you so much. Good luck with Panda. I, uh, I will, we will obviously be in touch. I, I will carefully uh, look, look at the journey. Good luck with all your, your missions and your endeavors and everything that you guys want to be doing. Um, I am rooting for you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Likewise. And I think, yeah, watch out the HR tech industry in South Africa because there's some exciting players coming. Come on, let's do it. <laughs> Thanks, Mandy. Cheers. Cool. Bye. Thanks for tuning into this episode with me today. I hope you found the conversation truly valuable. If you want to continue your journey of exploration and growth, please subscribe to the show and share it with your friends and colleagues who are in HR or talent acquisition. Because the more we grow the show together, the more I can bring you top quality guests with world-class insights.